A reading from Mark chapter 14. They went to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. He took with him Peter, James, and John, but he began to become distressed and agitated. He said to them, I am deeply grieved even to death. Remain here and keep awake. And going a little farther, he threw himself on the ground and prayed that, if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. He said, Abba, Father, for you all things are possible. Remove this cup from me. Yet, not what I want, but what you want. He came and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not keep awake one hour? Keep awake and pray that you may not come into the time of trial. But the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And again, he went away and prayed, saying the same words. And once more he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were very heavy and they did not know what to say to him. He came a third time and he said to them, are you still sleeping and taking rest? Enough, the hour has come. The son of man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. Can you picture in your mind's eye the Garden of Gethsemane? Might it be a garden that is off the beaten track, full of trees and bushes of native plants all around? Perhaps some of the plants and flowers are blooming, their scent wafting through the garden. Imagine Jesus and his disciples intentionally going to this garden together. I want to pray, he tells them. Peter, James, and John travel deeper with him into the garden. My soul is sorrowful even to death. Remain here, watch. They do, as he says, they remain. Perhaps they lean their backs up against a tree or a stone. The day has been long and the night is longer. As often happens there, prayer prompts a kind of relaxation and their relaxation turns to slumber. Jesus is awake though. His prayer is focused and alert. He prays that this cup of abandonment might be taken from him. The story takes my breath away and stops me in my track. I can understand, in a way, what it might feel like to have your life torn apart. Prayers of lament and sorrow make a lot of sense to me. 
feeling as if God is apart, separate, detached, absent, I can understand those thoughts and feelings too. Yet Jesus prays something quite different. He's centered and, and grounded in both the agony of abandonment and in the radical trust of God's presence. Listen to him cry, Abba, Father, take this cup from me. This plea is spoken as one who knows himself to be a child, his father's child, spoken from one who is in an intimate relationship with God, his daddy, his Abba, father with son, son with father, God with. Not my will, but yours be done. Can there be greater trust in the presence of God? From the Gospel of Mark, chapter 15. Then the soldiers led him into the courtyard of the palace, that is the governor's headquarters. And they called together the whole cohort. They clothed him in a purple cloak, and after twisting some thorns into a crown, they put it on him. And they began saluting him. Hail, King of the Jews. Hail, King of the Jews. Hail, King of the Jews. They struck him on his head with a reed. They spat upon him, and they knelt down in homage to him. After mocking him, they stripped him of the purple cloak and they put his own clothes on him. And then they led him out to crucify him. I cannot imagine the isolation of standing alone, yet being surrounded by a battalion of over 600 soldiers. I cannot fathom the hatred that would prompt someone to torment another human person, scourging them with a flagellum, a whip containing of three strips of leather with little bits of metal embedded within. Can you picture Jesus the man standing before this raucous gathering, his back bleeding, his heart breaking. You have heard that it said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemy and pray to those who persecute you. He stands there as they torment him. They relish with abandon being able to mock him, striking him down, kneeling before him in false allegiance. If you, if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? And if you greet only your brothers and sisters, what more are you doing than others? What 
is Jesus doing here with them? What is this journey that he has been traveling upon since the Garden of Gethsemane, carrying our sorrows, bearing our grief, drinking a cup full of abandonment? God has put the cross at the very heart and center of human history to be God with us forever, to be God with us in the very places where life is torn and fragile. Thanks be to God.